2: With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, and welcome into the Business Locker
0: Room. Great to have you. It is Biz Locker Radio, presented by the Business Locker Room. And by rehearsal, our good buddies over at rehearsal, we'll tell you about more about them as we roll into the show. Fantastic show lined up for you today. Biz Locker Radio, the, la- the radio show with compelling conversations and cutting edge content that you can use today, guarantee you. Join us on Blab, live on Blab today as we always are. And we do the show every week, three o'clock p.m. Central Time, right here on Monday afternoon. Great to have you. Hey, it is the first show of the week. We get 2016 started in a very big way. And want to invite you to find out everything about BizLocker Radio. Go find us at BizLockerRadio.com. Follow me. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. Follow me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs. We'd love to have you join the show and become a part of the whole process. Miles Austin, my good friend from Seattle, will join us later in the show. And we'll do the X's and O's segment. We're going to talk about a very, very simple tool today, but one with a lot of power behind it, a lot of ways that you can use it. Make sure you stick around. The X's and O's segment. We do that every single week as well. Hey, you want to do what I do when it comes to the show? Go to iTunes, subscribe to the Business Locker Room Show. Search under Biz Locker Room, Kelly Riggs. You'll find it. Subscribe to it. Listen to the show on your daily commute. If you're out and about running around or you got a long way to go in terms of uh, driving to a sales call or something like that, always a great time to listen to the show. The, the shows are absolutely phenomenal. In terms of the content you get, the things that you get that you can put into practice the very next day, things that you can use, whether you lead a team or you're a sales guy, you run a company, you lead a department, any of those things. We have experts in marketing, sales, leadership, social media, social selling. That's our guest today. We'll talk to Jack Kozakowski about social selling. Is it fact or is it fiction? Where do the two meet? Going to be a great time. But I tell you what. 83 shows in the can already. You want to make sure you take a look as we roll in 2016 on Biz Locker Radio. By the way, I mentioned the the show brought to you not only by the Business Locker Room, but by the good guys at rehearsal, rehearsal.com, rehearsal VRP, a video role play platform that you can use so that you can bring your people up to speed in the critical selling skills that they need to master. Before they go practice on your clients. I'm telling you, it's a fantastic tool. Again, we'll talk more about it as we roll into the show. But today, I'm uh, excited to welcome in uh, Jack Kozakowski. And I got uh, I got familiar with Jack through my buddy, Miles Austin. And he introduced me to him. Uh, and I and I call him the social selling wild man. <laughs> He's a crazy guy. We're going to get all on top of it. But Jack is a social selling proponent. And we're going to kind of sort through the weeds and find out where we separate fact from fiction and he joins us live here on blab and on the radio today jack great to have you on board man thanks for joining us
3: beautiful thanks for having me I'm excited hey. to, excited to sway these traditionalists onto the onto the new contemporary side <laughs> well good luck with that because i are one of
0: those guys
3: <laughs> you know i'm one of those hey, you uh, know that you know what you're doing right now is social selling right no it's not you're selling people on thought leadership. You're, getting, you're becoming visible and valuable to an audience of people that don't know who you are to essentially generate business. Why else are you doing this? You're not doing this because you're bored, Kelly. You're no, doing no this. but this I, a, I, I don't call it this channel well, you, well, sales isn't selling. Anybody that's selling anything never sells anything, right? Well, no, I,
0: well, I make a distinction between sales and marketing. I mean, Mark, I'm I'm getting my name out, I'm getting my brand out, I'm creating an identity, I'm doing thought leadership, as you mentioned, absolutely. But why aren't
3: you just cold calling people? I mean, if you're that, you know, that's what I say is if everybody's so good at sales, why the heck would you waste your time with marketing? I mean, that's that would be stupid. Well, then the question I would ask you is, what is a billboard?
0: Is it marketing or selling?
3: It depends how good the billboard and what the message is, right?
0: Now it depends if you're selling business to business or retail. Yeah, if it's if you're selling Apple iPhones, then that billboard could be selling, clearly, because I can go to the store and buy. But business to business, complex sales, multiple decision makers, that's not selling. That's marketing. It's I mean, you got guys that put their billboards up just for brand identity alone. That's not selling, is it?
3: I mean, it just depends. Have you ever I mean, I'm sure that people have looked at a billboard and bought something before without having to talk to anybody, right? I mean, I understand. I understand there's B to B, there's B 2 C, but really, is there anymore? I mean, you know, come on now. It's like, does anybody go buy a brand, or do you buy from a you know a person that sold you on value, right? I
0: mean, oh well, see
3: now you've crossed the line. See, you're
0: talking about selling on value. Uh, all, all of the cold call, everybody keeps talking, Jack, about cold calling is dead. I get more cold calls from social sellers who don't know me from Adam than I ever did from business to business real life salespeople, and they keep telling me
3: that cold calling is dead. But the, the funny thing—the funny thing—is they're not actually social sellers. They're just—they're just people that are leveraging the term, to uh, you know, to be something or to to be somebody, and to try to generate some type of revenue. So, you know, that right there would tell you that they're probably not uh, doing the right things. No, <laughs> you probably absolutely. shouldn't be reading their content. <laughs>
0: hey, if you're if you're just joining us on Blab or if you're live on the radio, maybe you're listening to the podcast. My guest today is Jack Kozakowski. I'm going to spell it for you one time. Last name K-O-S-A-K. O W S K S K I Jack Kozakowski.com. That's where you can find him online. Make sure you follow the wild man on Twitter as well. <laughs> at Jack Kozakowski one at Jack one. No, we're, we're really on the same page. We're not, we're not really saying a lot of different things. It's just, a, I think it's more about terminology than anything, Jack. I mean, clearly this is a medium that, that gets a message out and, and allows people to know more about me and miles and you in this case and a lot of different things. But well, you're adding I, value.
3: I yeah. Mean, you're, you're, you're making somebody else's day better. You're making them better at their job. You're making them look better to their boss when they come, you know, listen to an idea and they take it as their own. Right. Nobody's going to say, oh, I was listening to Kelly Riggs show. Guess what we should do. Right. I mean, they're going to go. Hey, I got an idea. We should try this. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, that's what social is. Right. It's, yeah. it, it, it's a platform for salespeople to not have to be salespeople but to be advocates for their audience and hopefully your audience is buyers if you've done it correctly, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And see, I mean, I I really don't see it as any different than in the old traditional days when the medium was television and radio and billboards and print ads and everything else. That was all marketing as well, but it's it's marketing in the same way that we look at social as marketing or selling, take your pick, I think we split hairs, but a lot of people, Jack spent a lot of time on social, never sell anything, right?
3: Well, I mean, I 100% agree. I mean, here's the cool thing about the digital age and social media is that instead of your marketing team having to go out and get a billboard, right, that connects not one to one with you as as the the salesperson. And, you know, you never used to be able to become uh, a valuable, quote unquote, I don't even like the term, but thought leader, right? Um, and, and, and what I would say is more of an advocate for your buyers. You were never, you never had the the opportunity to put in a little bit more time, a little bit more effort, create some content of some sort, share some content of some sort, and actually connect one to one with your buyer before they even know that they need your product or need, you know, that they want to buy. I mean, really, as salespeople, we really have an awesome opportunity now in the digital age is to say, listen, screw marketing. I don't need them because I could literally go add this value. Take the value that I've been trying to tell marketing to put on, you know paper billboards or whatever it is I could take that straight do it, to the buyer myself. Sure. That's yeah um, well, it, So just excited, you know I, I just think that it's funny that we battle this term social selling right like yeah, really yeah. like like we spent so much time Talking about this term social selling instead of actually like just using social and getting more sales You know, we could battle the social the selling I mean social media get more conversations, more opportunities, move more buyers offline, become more valuable, become more visible. I mean, who cares what the term is? I really don't care, honestly. You you, you know, people can have the term, but you know, just use social, be smart, be valuable, be visible, and generate more revenue. It's not that hard.
0: Hey, you're listening to Biz Locker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host. Jack Kozakowski is my guest. Well, I tell you, the reason I get a little sideways, Jack, I, I like to stir up a little bit of an argument and debate and just get people talking about things. But in truth, the thing that does bother me about the whole notion is that there are some things that impact an organization. If an organization begins to believe that social... In and of itself, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever the tools are, can actually replace what salespeople do as a tool. And a yeah. tool alone—that's really dangerous. And I know you don't believe that at all, but a lot oh. of people are preaching that message, and I think they're leading some people down the wrong path. They think, "Hey, if I get a Twitter account and a blog, and you know, we put some content out there, we don't need our sales guys anymore." I mean, nothing could be further from the truth.
3: Oh, that's yeah, garbage. I mean, and the other thing is that. You know, no matter how visible and valuable you are and you move offline, then you got to be good at sales. Um, so, you know, uh, I've, I've always I've always said that I think social is just, you know, a compliment to the traditional infusing social into the traditional sales process, because what essentially is happening is it's getting harder and harder to sell anything. Right. It's noisy. Yes. I mean, I, I think I saw like a stat the other day about like, you know, 70 percent of buyers don't buy because they're confused. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense, right? I mean, shoot, I, I go look at an HDMI cord the other day with my wife at the store, and I'm like, man, there's a thousand of them, right? Like, they all have a little bit different messaging on them. And I'm like, how do you even know? Like, they're all different prices. Um, B2B is even more complex than just buying an HDMI cord, right? So absolutely, it's really interesting. But, you know, if you, if you just break this down to the straight core is that buyers are on more channels than they've ever been, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, some buyers want to be communicated with a cold call there's cold calling some buyers will pick up the phone and if they just respect a good artistic you know linguistic salesperson right they right. can articulate value in 30 seconds give them the elevator speech and and you have to have a team of people that are that are getting to those people um you have to have a team of people that are getting to people through you know email uh, we have sales guys at Acton that are super they're like i call them the snipers right email snipers sure, they sure. don't even have to you know, you'll be like well how did you just close that thirty thousand dollar deal you know i had one conversation and We've done everything else on email, right? right? And then you got then you got social media channels where you know I'm not the best on Pinterest. I couldn't find a buyer on Pinterest. I don't even know <laughs> how that works. Right? But I mean, you, you know, you look at um, some thought leaders in the Pinterest yeah, space, they're and they're generating well. sure. thousands of dollars. So um, I I always you know say this to a B2B sales executive that you know doesn't believe in the social selling stuff, right? Well, well, that's great. Like I I don't care if you believe in it or not, but one thing I would ask you to do is ask your buyers if they believe in it, right? Ask your buyers if they want you to communicate like that because, you know, it's the times of traditional, you know, ways of thinking. I mean, they're over, whether it's social selling, whether it's digital marketing, whether it's, you know, there's even new ways of selling, right? I mean, you got to evolve always. The best salespeople never quit evolving. They're never scared to take risks. And, you know, at the end of the day, all you're doing with social selling is giving yourself more opportunities to your buyer on more channels to have more conversations, to create more opportunities and to give yourself a way better shot at more revenue, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm
0: 100% with you in terms, the traditionalist has got to catch up to the times clearly because when they say they don't believe in social selling, Jack, you know, my, my first question is, oh, okay, I, I get that. Do you believe in brochures? Uh, Well, sure. Do Do you believe in billboards? Yes. Do you believe in other types of media? Well, of course. Well, how effective are those things? I mean, what are people doing with your brochures, assuming you're silly enough to print them anymore? They go straight into the waste paper basket. We're only talking about changing the tools. We're not talking about anything else. And if you're not evolving with the tools, Jack, clearly you're falling behind the times.
3: Absolutely. And you know what? Um, you know, there's another element to this, and I know that this could be different on you know or different organizations, but um, there's really an element of building a personal brand anymore. Um, yes. and 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 that goes outside of you know your organization. and and I've been lucky with Acton that they've let me build a personal brand, right? Now does it have they always been on the same page? Have we always been on the same page of how that should be done? Probably not, right? <laughs> but but, you know, I'm thirty. Uh, three years old and the opportunities and, and you know to be connected with the guys like you and miles and Mike Weinberg, right? Um, you know, Jeb Blunt, Anthony Arena I mean you guys have done this stuff You guys have proved the model and you guys have shown that whatever techniques you're You know training on or that you're coaching on they work for right. a guy that's 33 to be connected and to be into your guys Network is the most valuable thing that's ever happened to me, right? I mean, I mean I can't do things on my own and learn Things I don't want to take the time to do that, right? I don't want to have to go do what you guys did. Had to take ten years to figure out when I can just get mentored or read your books or you know read your blogs. I can learn ten years of information that you guys had to put in on my own and and build my personal brand and get connected to a bigger network, more than just buyers, right? I think social sure. selling like there's so many components to it, but you know we you really have got to take advantage of the social network piece. Um, you know your network is your net worth i don't know you know there's many arguments over who's you know said that term but i take that term to heart because i've sure. seen it work for my you know i was number one rep last quarter at acton right i was went to president's club um i i'm not saying that's all from social but you know a lot of the connections that i've made to these buyers have been through social some way through thought leaders or just straight the buyer so there's a there's just so much value All the way around in social.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, let's jump back to something you said earlier, by the way. It's become one kind of one of my cornerstones of what I like to talk about, and that is I had Dave Brock on the show. We discussed some infographic that came out that talked about the potential loss of a million B2B jobs over the next four years because of social. I think that's baloney, and here's the reason I think it's baloney something that you said. There's so much confusion out there now. Social hasn't made things easier. It's made it easier to contact, but it's made things way more chaotic, way more noisy, and way more decisions to make along the way. And yes, buyers may be contacting me later in the process, but they've got so much more information to process. I think that makes the the, the salesperson, the good ones, even more valuable. Jack, what do you think about that?
3: Absolutely. Um, so what I would say is that you know, the more content or the more information that buyers have at their fingertips, right, um, makes things a lot harder than when the when the salesperson had control of the sale, right? It's like, yes. you know, the buyer couldn't even get control over those brochures or whatever, you know, whatever it is that's innovation that you're doing in your company because you have the control to say, okay, well, I'm, you have to have a conversation with me first and I'm going to give you a little bit but you've got to make a commitment right to kind of get a decision maker involved and then we'll get you all the goods right so that you could stay ahead of the competitor Well they, those days are over right I mean and now it's like at, you know I, I can tell you marketing automation right like there's only right. really four true marketing automation solutions but how many people say they're marketing automation right There's hundreds of people that are saying they are marketing automation Absolutely. so now I got to, so now I got to educate the buyer because the buyer went to somebody that had marketing automation on their website. Um, And does a few of the things we do they just do them a lot crappier right and I got you know And I gotta like now I gotta explain to these people because the the contents almost got them convinced that I'm wrong Right that all this stuff they're reading, and like, you know, essentially is like I'm not wrong I do this for a living. I'm not gonna steer you wrong But now I've got to like almost fight my way out of the confusion that they're in just before I can ever get to the point where I can actually start to sell them and give them the value of the product and fix their business problem, I've got so many other hurdles as a salesperson to overcome beforehand because of all this confusion, right?
0: Isn't that interesting? I mean, we think all of the tools make it that much easier, and in some ways they do, but in some ways they make it even a lot worse. Hey, we're going to take our first time out, Jack. We're going to pay some bills, come back on the other side. Hey, make sure you stay with us. Every single week we do the show, we do it at 3 p.m. Central, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock on the East Coast. You want to make sure you join us on Mondays as we do Biz Locker Radio. We have experts like Jack in sales, marketing, marketing leadership, social selling, strategy, business strategy, you name it. we got a little bit of everything. You're going to want to look at the 82 past shows that we've done. This is episode number 83, Social Selling, Fact or Fiction. We're going to take a timeout. We'll come back on the other side. Stay with me. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is Biz Locker Radio.
2: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com.
0: self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
2: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
0: Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back. Biz Locker Radio brought to you by The Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. Biz Locker Radio also brought to you by Rehearsal VPR, which is a fantastic tool, a video-based practice platform that gives your team a safe place to develop their communication skills you want to find them at Rehearsal.com. And when we start the X and an O segment with Miles Austin in the final segment of the show, we'll talk even more about them. My guest today is the social-selling wild man. His name is Jack <laughs> <I love that. laughs> And uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at JackKozakowski1. Find him uh, online, his website, JackKozakowski.com. Hey, you know, social media... Really has changed a lot of the game, and 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 as we've talked about, there's a lot of ways to look at it. In some ways, it makes it easier, Jack, for salespeople. some ways, it makes it even tougher. Where do you see social media going in the sales space? What are what are the cutting edge guys going to be doing uh, 12 months from now?
3: So I think that you know the the top sales reps, the top B two B companies are going to be the ones that are actually building the audience for the brand. Um, can you hear me? Sorry. Absolutely. Okay. So I think the top, you know, I think the smart B2B companies are going to be the ones that are going to start hiring salespeople, not based on technically sales, you know, resume or skills, but they're going to hire them on audience, right? Um, I know that that sounds crazy, but it's really not. I think, you know, one visible and valuable sales rep with a with a heavy network, um, especially if they've been in the same space as you know in the past as what your product does or it complements it, Mm -hmm. is way more valuable than a 40, you know, sales reps that nobody knows who they are, right? I mean, and sales is almost going to become, I would say like, I don't, I want to be careful how I word this because I don't think that you're ever going to get away from, you know, good sales reps, but I think that good sales reps are going to be even more important than ever. And I think companies are going to realize that you don't need 40 people to do what five really valuable visible sales reps can do and and social media will be a big part of that not right. obviously not 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 the whole you know but I, I just see social as the, the, a competitive advantage right and sure. I think that and it, it, it will, I don't think that it will change I think that um, sales reps they can figure out how to get to their buyers and how to resonate with their buyers even if it's not about their product right because I talk about social selling but I and that's how I built my audience but I sell marketing automation but you know the two kind of coincide right so right. i can have i can i can get people excited about social media and infusing it into the sales process and and get into the a conversation through social selling but essentially social selling the only way that it can be done is if they have marketing automation because you got to know you know not only do you have to be visible and valuable on social but you got to know when your buyers are visible and valuable on your website right so Absolutely. it kind of coincides but um I, I just I don't think social is ever going to be an easy thing. No matter what, how many salespeople get involved or how many salespeople get trained, like it's never going to be easy. But there's going to be sales reps like me that figure it out and that really heavily use it to their advantage, and they're they're going to get a ton of upside, and the company that they're with is going to get even more upside at the end of the day.
0: Hey, a lot of people are trying to jump into the social selling side or figure out how to use the tools of social media. One of the questions I get asked a lot, and I really want to ask you the question as well, is how long did it take you to develop some some momentum in social media? I mean, so many people think, hey, Twitter account, Facebook, you know, six six weeks from now I ought to be I ought to be everywhere, but that that's really not the case, is it, Jack? How, how long does it take to really get out there and build some identity?
3: So. Um I started Twitter about a year and three months ago. Um, I am I would say that I'm not your typical use case, right? So I tell people don't use me as an example. But I, what I will tell you is that um, I was using LinkedIn three and a half years ago, four years ago. Um, and I was getting a ton of value out of it. And that was before a lot of people even adopted it. So I personally think that what I'm doing is more... Um, influencer marketing in thought leadership right. because right. Of, because of the time that I spend that I put into it, you know, which is 60 $70, Hey, hang on hang, on, hang on, hang on,
0: Hang on, stop. We just if you missed us in the first segment, guys, we argued back and forth about social selling, social media, what it means, you know, what the definitions are. You just heard Jack Kozakowski, the social selling wild man. You just heard him say he is an influence marketer. Okay. You said that's more about what you're about. Well hold on, let me
3: you gotta let me you gotta let me finish though. So wh- well, what we I'm were saying, arguing
0: terms anyway. I just gotta kick out of
3: it. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is that I don't believe that social selling is what I do, right? I think that social selling is Um, very targeted. It's very revenue buyer focused. Um, You know, for example, right, like I think that a sales rep doesn't need to have a lot of followers, right, to engage with the right people on Twitter. Um, They don't need to have a lot of followers to share something to get visible value. So essentially what happened was I was crushing it with social selling even though I didn't know it was technically social selling. Um, And then what I found is that I found that there was a gap that when anybody yelled revenue, um, people started to run, right? So I was like, I got to get rid of this fluff. And so that's why I put a lot of time and heart and, you know, my passion and my into my soul for this stuff because I do believe in it. It is real. Um, but I, I, I have to agree that there's a lot of fluff out there, a lot of fluff balls. Um, and until they, you know, now they're you're seeing them disappear, right? They're slowly disappearing because once people come in and are actually proving the model and, you know, showing that, You have to talk about revenue before you can talk about putting the word selling or sales in something. Um, I think that that's when it's you could tell it just started to get taken a little bit more serious. Right. I mean, I get hit up all the time by, you know, VPs of of sales like, hey, we know that we need to do this. We just don't know how. And so I think you're going to see. Yeah. I think you're going to see a transition where what's going to happen is, you know, companies are going to make it one piece of their strategy. Right.
0: Well, you know, the reality is, Jack, I, I really didn't want it just invite anybody on the show to talk about social selling quote unquote. The reason I invited you, I've read your stuff and, and you're a process-driven sales guy using a set of tools the right way. You're, you're really a, a, a high-end sales guy who understands process, understands using a set of tools to build a brand and to create content and those kinds of things. And I really just wanted to argue about the definition of terms. You, you and I really are on the same page in a lot well, of Well,
3: Miles times. and I go back and forth all the, on this all the time, and he's you know he doesn't want to admit it, but he's a social seller all day. <laughs> no, none of us
0: old guys won't admit that nonsense, and here's why. Because the guys that are like you mentioned out on the fluff, what they're saying is, "Hey, get a Twitter account, and a Facebook page, and you don't need salespeople anymore." And, and there's no you would you of all people would never advocate that. Oh my
3: God, such a joke. Uh, you're all,
0: I mean you're all over LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, Miles on blab saying you old guys don't drag me into this. Miles Miles is older than dirt. Okay, he, <laughs> I mean he I could be his grandson, <laughs> certain of that, but. Uh,
3: Oh, no, you're, you're right. There, get, trouble
0: but, this. but there is a huge divide between the traditionalist and the millennial or social digital native. Let's put it that way. Not so much in using the tools and how it's used, or, or uh, using the tools, but how the tools are used. You know, the the traditionalists like me, we're not into a lot of times the super high energy uh, hip hop rap. You know, a lot of lot of motion and all that kind of jazz. We're just professional sellers, and that works for us. But you guys are a lot of times into more of those kind of things, and it works
3: for you. That's just methodology, right? But I think that they can be, you know, I think they can be infused, right? I think that um, the the best sales reps or the best com- the companies that train will have an overall strategy, right? Just sure. like um, just like uh, sales stack, right? You hear the word sales stack, yep. and essentially what's happening is you know marketing. Um, and sales are getting all these technologies, and you know a lot of companies. They you know they find one that looks shiny, right? Like Miles says, the shiny new tool, and then they um, add it onto something what they already have existing, right? Their technology stack. Well, what happens is every time that you add a technology, you have to change the process, right? So yes. Yes. Every technology um, shifts your process. So essentially, what. I think you're gonna see is that you're gonna see companies and and actons doing this you know right now lots of companies are but they're going in and they're saying okay we're not going to add any more technologies what we're going to do is we're going to go and we're going to look at our process now our, our technology process our sales process and then we're going to build a sales stack one sales stack with all these technologies that we think we need and we're going to build it together and then once we have that then we're going to train the sales process and then the tools along with it, right? To kind of, like you said, to build a process because there's really no process anymore in, in sales. Everybody, all sales people are new. They're kind of getting trained on how to do this a little bit, how to do that, but they're not really getting trained on any like true process and I've really worked on that, right? It's like, right. okay, I know, I know that I've got to do, you know, calls, I've got to do, um, you know, some social stuff. But how? And I've got to do some content in my, you know, in my mind. I think you know, salespeople that have the ability should be creating content outside of work hours. I think it's you'd be an idiot not to. Um, but essentially, you got to take all these things, right? Which is why sales, I think, is getting so tough now. Is because you know, you used to be able to just read a a book, and you know, it was a phone, and then you send an email. Yeah. And that all phone. Right email phone email now you got a tweet you got a link you got a post piece of content you got to share right. it you got to you know you got to pick up the phone now you got to write the email and then you got to send it you know so there's just so many things going on so how do you take all the different multi-channel things that are going on um, take the traditional process right because the phone is always gonna be your best friend there's no way around it right. unless you're you know doing in-person meetings but you still need the phone um, but everything you're doing on the front end um, is really getting to that meeting, but really I see what's where social selling, where people, a lot of people go wrong, as they say, it's for prospecting. No, like if it's for no, no way. Like that wow. would be common sense. The common yeah. sense is, is prospecting. Like of course you're going to use anywhere where there's data to, to prospect, right? But sure. really, where I see the value is that I feel like meetings are one, um, and the the sales process is where the deals lost because after that first meeting buyers have there's so much noise there's so many things going on they're getting contacted by all these people that it's hard for them to remember how even as you had the best call in the world you could show the best value to the decision maker. but a day later I dare you to call the decision-maker back and all those things you talked about that you thought you nailed that that he was a highly engaged
0: yeah, she, yeah. they forgot clues, right, everything, right. <laughs> absolutely right. right that and so, that, that's where the repetition of social really really does play a big role you know, I, I to go back to something you said. I clearly, I don't see social as a prospecting tool at all per se. Prospecting is where you identify opportunities, Jack. Then you still have to go engage and and get them interested. It may take multiple times, a lot of repetition, as you've noted there. As a prospecting tool, I don't really see it so much as an identifier, but I definitely see it as a beacon that I'm sending out uh, that that builds credibility and brand identity, and at some point in time when the opportunity exists I'm top of mind and that's you know and and clearly I can push that too I can ask people if they know about a potential problem they may not even know that they have but at least when I do that I do that from some basis of credibility because they're seeing my content
3: and thought leadership and all the things we talked about. I think the toughest thing about sales today is that I can't tell you how many times that I have a great demo or a great you know meeting and you know, I get off that call and I'm like, holy crap, this is an awesome opportunity. And then, you know, this, the hardest part is when that phone hangs up. Now, how do I keep them engaged? How do I keep them become stay memorable? Like, I always say, like, memorable. Like, you've got to be memorable. Like, if they don't remember something about you that really stuck into them, like, an, you know, the emotional piece, um, you're really in big trouble, regardless of because we all save time. What sales rep doesn't save you time or save you money? or fix a gap. I mean, you don't think executives know what gaps they have. You don't think you go into a call and you're just really going to just wow them by showing them a gap they don't have. I mean, executives know they have gaps, right? They're not yep. stupid. So and much So much of the time, it's just about
0: timing, isn't it?
3: Well, it's changed. You don't have to Absolutely. convince them that they have a problem. You've got to convince them to spend the time and money that it's going to take to change the problem. And not only that, sometimes you've got to shift mindset. I mean, you got, you know, if your product is fixing a traditional problem and you've got a traditional mindset, a guy that's had, you know, two successful businesses, right? And he's done things the same way. And by golly, this is his third business. And, you know, why would I change things when I've sold two, five, six companies before two companies for millions of dollars, right? That's like telling your dad, you know, that he should wear, um, you know, new, the newest, latest jeans when he's been wearing Wranglers his whole life, right? Like right, Exactly. You know, we've all seen that process. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you know, it's a good wife when, when the, the dad actually does it, right? Um, that's a good salesman. But I mean, that's how I think that's, you know, there's so many obstacles that we have in sales today, right? There's no one size fits all. Every single one of us wants to say that, you know, we can fix the problem with our technology, our strategy, you know, we got agile selling. And, you know, I love Jill's you know books. I love Andy Paul's. You know books. I love all these different strategies. But really, when we listen to them, we have to like, we have to go through this whole ideology that they have, and we're going to take one little thing out of it, right? That we could efficiently maximize our current process, but we can't just change everything, right? Um. So social, I think, is just going to have to. You know, you're just going to have to take out which piece of social you think is going to work for you and put into your process. Um. I don't think that there's. One way to do social selling, I think, you know, all of us sell differently. Um, all of us and, every, buy and everybody doesn't
0: buy the same way either, right, Jack? I mean, yep. the thing I hear is traditionalists may not buy like uh, the digital native, and so I kind of have to temper my my approach and my offering and even my thought leadership to various markets. That really makes that niche important in terms of how I ad- identify it and attack it as a social seller.
3: Well, let me let me give you a, a stat. So, um, higher view my buddy Gabe Vilmazar Mazar over there, he had his SDRs go through their Salesforce, and then you know this is all data back. But they it took right. them on average twenty two touches um, on all the different channels to get an appointment. Wow. Okay. 22. With the decision maker. Wow. Twenty two. Um, fifteen of those touches were social. Okay. Okay. Twelve of the fifteen touches were value touches. They had right. nothing to do with selling. They had to do with you know becoming visible and valuable. And when I say that, what I say when I say visible and valuable is well, you know I always like to give a little um, example behind it so you know let's say that I'm prospecting you Kelly and you know I could pick up the phone right and I and I could call you and and you know maybe that would work maybe it wouldn't right if I got you in your busy schedule um, and the, the second piece of that is then I could or I could go to your LinkedIn right I could see that you write content um, sure. I could go to your content and I could share before I call you I could share your, Content to my 25,000 visitors on uh, Twitter or followers on Twitter, I could, you know, and tag your name, right? I right, could share right. you share your content on Google Plus, tag your name, and I could share your content on LinkedIn, tag your name, and then I could engage with your post, add some values to get you more visibility, right? Because the value for your content is so that you can get more visibility. I've got a network Absolutely. to do that, Absolutely. so I could do that. What's happened right there is what I call, I've added value and visibility four times those are four touches right Right. twitter linkedin google plus and i've engaged on your post right Right. so four times you're going to see my name adding value to your day um and then maybe i could pick up the phone right hey kelly you know i just shared your article um i just shared your article and i you know wanted to say like holy cannoli you hit it on the head with you know point a b and c um We've been struggling with that within our organization. You know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you think about this idea that I brought up to my executives. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, start a conversation with you because I'm actually genuinely wanting to get some value out of and ask you questions about your um, thought leadership. You know, what you write about is very passionate to you, right? I mean, we take anybody that writes content, especially the executive level. If you don't think that they don't sit by their you know, LinkedIn and or monitor who's sharing and, you know, what, what, how people are um, consuming the, the content, right? Because we, right. we always write stuff. We always second guess ourselves. Um, we're watching and we see everyone. And, and if you, I, I can tell you right now that it's like the old mom saying, right? Like an example of social is if you wanted to go out on a Friday night and spend the night with your best friend, with your, would you go to your mom and you'd say, mom, Um, I just did the dishes, right? Which you never do the dishes. I just cleaned my room and I just went and and washed your car. Um, oh, by the way, um, I wanted to go hang out with my buddy, uh, Friday night. You think I could, you know, spend the night. And by the way, there might be girls there, but I don't know. Right. I mean, (laughs) you know, well, you were doing fine, right?
0: Right up to that
3: last part, but, Jack. But, I mean, think about that, right? It's like, you know, are you are you earning the right to ask your mom to, to, to allow you to do something? I mean, I think yeah. you've got to think about buyers like that. we got to quit being lazy, and we got to start being valuable.
0: <laughs> hey, that's good stuff. Um, my guest today has been Jack Kozakowski. He's a social selling guru, and clearly he's a pundit, man. It's been great to have you on board. <laughs> As, as we've talked about these things. I got 30 seconds before we take our final timeout, Jack. You, if you're starting from scratch, if you're a brand new sales guy, you just got hired, uh, you're, you're 24, 25, you've, uh, you've done some things, now you're ready to get serious. What's the first thing I need to go do if I'm gonna get active on the social selling platforms?
3: Well, the first thing is you need to learn how to sell. And you need to learn how to cold call. I will be the first to say that. Get your ass on the phone, and dial and make it uncomfortable. Go interrupt somebody's day and prove to yourself that you've got the gift of gab enough. Thirty seconds make them spend some time with somebody in your company. And once you've got that nailed, then you can go work on the other, you know, tools. But I would say I've got processes, infographics. You know, go check out jackozakowski.com. Tweet at me. I would be more than willing to have a ten, you know, ten-minute conversation with you anytime.
0: Ah, uh, that's great stuff. Great, great stuff. <laughs> Minder Bill says uh, I like this guy until he said cold call. Hey, come on. You know, the people that say cold calling is dead, the thing is it's not cold calling. It's just it's beginning the sales process. How about that? You've got to start the sales process. No, I, I, I truly
3: believe that if you're new to sales, that you've got to know the foundation of starting a conversation with somebody that doesn't know who you are. I truly believe that no matter your success in sales, your whole entire career will all be experience. based on that. It's yeah. will yeah. all be based on that one thing. Can I convince somebody to at least spend – uh, some time with me later in the day or later in the week before you can sell anything. you got to be able to at least do that because that's the basis of sales. That's, a good,
0: that's the good stuff. Hey, Jack Kozakowski has been my guest. Make sure you go find him on LinkedIn. Connect with him. I, I'm, I'm certain he'll probably do that. JackKozakowski.com. Find his articles. You're going to find a lot of great stuff there. Make sure you add him to your Twitter account if you haven't already. Jack Kazakowski one on Twitter. Thanks, Kelly. They, hey, by the way,
3: Miles, your, uh, your new remodel looks good, by the way.
0: <laughs>
3: Miles Austin, the green screen champ. Hey, we're
0: going to take our final time out. We're going to come back on the other side. Miles Austin will join me. We'll do the X's No segment every single week. We trot out a new tool. I don't. Miles does. I just criticize it or find <laughs> out what's wrong or right with it and use it. Last week, we talked about a lot of the ones that I have started using over the past year, but stay with us. We'll be back on the other side. This is Biz Locker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs on Voice America
2: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time national salesperson of the year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit BizLockerRoom.com. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs.
0: Hey, great to have you on board, Biz Locker Radio. We do it each and every week, Monday, 3 p.m. Central Time, 1 o'clock on the Pacific side of things, 4 o'clock on the East Coast. This is episode number 83, Social Selling, Fact or Fiction. My guest was Jack Kozakowski. Great to have him on board. If you're joining us on Blab, it has been fantastic to have you on with us as well. And again, let me remind you, it is a podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Do what I do, man. The guests are great. The information is fantastic. You look at 82 episodes. Just to, In fact, I will tell you, everybody that Jack mentioned in terms of selling, we've had on the show. And what a lineup we've got coming over the course of the next several weeks as well we've got more guys with new books Jim Keenan for instance has got a brand new book we're gonna have him on board and talk about his new book Uh, next week I'll have uh, Jeff Wolf with me here's a copy of his new book you can see it on blab seven disciplines of a leader really excited to talk leadership with Jeff we've been talking a lot about sales lately we're gonna turn the page and talk a little bit about leadership so if engagement or supervising or managing employees or leading a company is something you care about. Next week is going to be absolutely fantastic. Well, as we do each and every week, we uh, make the last segment the X's and O's segment. We draw up some new plays on the chalkboard, and for that, we bring in the head coach out there on the east, on the west coast rather, Miles Austin. He's the uh, Web Tools guy they call him, and uh, you can find him at fillthefunnel.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. At Miles Austin, of course, follow us both on Blab as well. Miles, great to have you, man. How you doing?
1: Doing great, buddy. It's been a great, uh, great weekend, and uh, glad to be here. It's kind of fun to get back to work, you know, after the, the long holiday uh, break <laughs> or something.
0: Million dollar bill on Blab
1: said Miles is not a tool. Okay, <laughs> you know, I took it back. I don't want him on the show, man. This guy's trouble. Yeah, never mind, never mind. <laughs> but well, I like it, it, it guys when he falls asleep on the on the prop button. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Hey, listen, uh, yeah,
0: before we get into uh, the X's and O's segment and that uh, new tool that you're going to show us today, uh, those Seahawks have come alive late in the season. What a big win this week over the Cardinals. Man, they just rock and roll this week. They are the lowest seed on the NFC side, but nobody wants to play the Seahawks right now, my friend.
1: I think if they're smart. I mean, I think the challenge, obviously, is, uh, you know, it's it's peaking, it's timing. Uh, Coach Carroll has done a great job. We had a, cr- a really bad game a week ago, and, and I think it was probably, I mean, if you could ever say it was that built by design, I don't know, but they looked terrible. They got their rear ends handed to them. Yeah, they did. And, and I watched how they came back for, I thought, the best team in the NFL this year uh, in Arizona, and they owned them. And, I, I again, I give credit. Uh, the players obviously play the game, but, man, there was some brilliant coaching, offense, defense, and head coaching work there special teams I mean they owned it all the way along
0: absolutely well again uh, it's Miles Austin at fillthefunnel.com and we turn our attention to the X's and O's segment you've got a tool this week that to me just looks painfully easy i mean it's just simple 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 yet there's some real power behind it some great things you can do with it it's called checkly c h e c k l i .com tell us about the tool miles
1: uh, it's it, just like the name implies, Kelly. It's again one of those simple web-based tools that you're going to find all sorts of creative uses for. Um, I was only introduced to this tool about a week ago by uh, one of the guests on a show I was doing. Uh, from uh, actually, uh, Jack mentioned him, Gabe Via Mazar and from HigherView. And and what he had, he had a link to a checklist for all the people that wanted to get help with their LinkedIn profile. And what he created, he used this tool, Checkly, to create a checklist online on all the different steps that are required from his experience to really get your LinkedIn profile up to speed, right? Right. Um, And all he did was go to Checkly, created this list online, saved it, and is able to then share that link out through social media. So I went out, I grabbed it, I looked at it, I printed it out. You can share it on all the social media um, um, platforms, et cetera. But what a great way to be able to share checklists, um, um, you know, rundown of the important things that you need to do um, within a work environment. So, for people that always tell me, Miles, how do I create content? I don't know how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. I found this is a great example we all could come up with 10 or 20 or 30 little tips or recommendations in a checklist. Go create the checklist, save it, and now you've got valuable content to get people to interact with you.
0: All right, so let me make sure I got this right, because I looked at it and all I saw was a real simple tool that you could create checklists. But you're telling me that not only could I use it as a collaborative platform, say on the job where I have multiple people working on a job and we've got a checklist of things to work off of. I could use it that way, but I could create, let's go back to the conversation I had with Jack. Maybe I wanted to create uh, a social selling process checklist. I could create that and then sort of market it or share it with the people
1: that follow me. Is that, is that what you're getting at? Yeah. I mean, just think of it as a different way. You know, a lot of people will use like an ebook or a white paper, to right. market what they do. This is just another way to create that content in a shareable, useful, helpful way. And this is a I mean as an example, this maybe not everyone in every sales rep in the country can create an ebook or a or a download. Right. This is a great way to do it and everyone can create this checklist. Maybe it's just a you know, here's the top 15 benefits that customers that buy from my company XYZ find after their first week in you know, working with us.
0: Huh. All right. So, yeah. I mean, in fact, you're not even talking in that case about a checklist of things to be done, but just uh, a, a list of some kind that says, this is the way I do it. And then I'm going to put it out there and share it with my network.
1: Sure. It's just, you know, just look at it as a way to create. A, I mean, I will look at this and I'm already using it as a way to create and, and share tips as much as a quote checklist, right? Uh, Even though if I give you 15 tips, it's kind of handy to have the little square. that You just kind of check it off. You print it off or do it online, but you'll print it off most likely. And as you go down the list, just check them off. It's kind of a neat way to do it. That is a great way to do that. He's Miles
0: Austin, and he's at fillthefunnel.com. And if you want to know something about digital tools, all those tools that Jack and I were kinda of kicking around, various types and, and things that you can use to aid in your productivity or do your job easier or just reach more people at once, automate tasks. I mean we've, we've shared probably in the course of 82 shows 70 or so really, really fancy tools, uh, that many of which now I, I am using frankly. You wanna go follow Miles Austin at Miles Austin on Twitter, fillthefunnel.com, subscribe to his blog and he has got I mean literally tons of materials there. If you want to learn how to use things like AWeber or Zapier or even LinkedIn and there's just so many tools that are out there. there some of these are really easy, Miles, I mean a, a couple that you've introduced to me, uh, I think about Todoist, really easy, WiseStamp, some of these things that, that I've put together in my platform,
1: you know, sometimes the easiest tools are some of the simplest ones to use. Well, uh, uh, you know what? They're definitely the easiest ones to adopt. I'll use a great example here. Um, and I, you know, I use my iPhone all the time to create a list. If I have to run to Costco this week, um, I'll create a list on my iPhone. This is easier. I can just go in and create a quick list for my, my Costco list and add to it as the week develops. At the end of the day, hit it or go on my iPhone, open it up and I've got my checklist. So the point there is the easier these tools are to use the more readily we're going to adopt them and incorporate them into how we run our day. Again, you can find the tool at checkli.com, pronounced
0: checkly.com, C H E C K L I.com and you know let's reiterate something we've said over and over on this show a lot of these tools can be the same or can be used sometimes in the same fashion you really want to find the one that you like that works for you that you're comfortable with and then you want to use it hard right i mean you really want to adopt it playing around with dozens of tools at once is really counterproductive
1: well it is and i think this is a great example like we talked about todoist a while back right well todoist is is a is a more powerful probably a more robust tool but why have something that's more complex to learn and to implement and to use when all I want is a simple checklist?
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely right. Hey, it's the X's and O's segment. We do it every Monday in the show. The show starts at three o'clock. When the third segment, we'll do X's and O's, and it's brought to you by Rehearsal VRP. You can see the on the screen uh, their URL, rehearsal.com. It's one of the really phenomenal tools that are out there, and we're proud to call these guys a sponsor. It's a video-based practice platform that gives your team a safe place to develop communication skills. I can tell you where I use it in, in my consulting practice, but I can tell you also where I'd use it if I was a sales manager. I would be doing video role play with my people. I know your people don't like it. Now they will. This tool allows them to, use, to practice the selling skills that they need to perfect in the privacy of their own office right in front of their computer. Absolutely a fantastic tool. Find them at Rehearsal.com. Well before we leave Checkly, Miles, uh, I I sort of mentioned that collaborative thing as well and I don't want to get away from that. Many times instead of getting into something really, really uh, more sophisticated like Basecamp or other kinds of tools like that, this is a simple checklist that can make sure a team of people are all on the same page and, and we can all access it at the same time. Isn't that right?
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, it's really interesting. You said Basecamp, because I, I'm in a in a group right now that we're they, that everyone decided, hey, we're gonna use Basecamp. We're gonna I haven't used it for years and years because very frank I, I just get I get confused as project management <laughs> is way beyond my my pay grade. Now, it's not
0: hard to confuse you, my friend.
1: I, I know, it's not. <laughs> and i I'm honest about it. I went and looked at it and thought, oh man. I think it might take me a half an hour just to remember how to log into it. So, again, the challenge there is, for some people, Basecamp might just be, you know, the cat's meow. For me, it's just overkill, because I'm not that smart, and I don't do anything that complex that I need Basecamp to manage it. don't Don't jump onto that. I'm obviously making a case there for it and using an example. But... It is really true. Why overcomplicate it? That's probably one of the biggest reasons why web tools fail people is they pick something that was too difficult, too hard, too daunting to get to know. Absolutely right. Well, hey,
0: we've run out of time. And uh, this is show number 83, Biz Locker Radio, 83 episodes in the can. Again, every single week. We do the X and O X's and O's segments with Miles Austin. Miles, thanks for joining us, buddy. Great to have you on board. Good luck to your Seahawks. I'm sure we'll be talking about them again next week. Oh, yes, we will. Oh, yes, we will. Hey, next week on the show, if you're joining us on Blab or if you're live or if you're listening to the podcast, Jeff Wolf will be my guest, and we'll be talking about his brand-new guest. There's a copy for you to see on Blab. His brand-new book is called Seven Disciplines of a Leader. Absolutely fantastic book, and if you have an interest in leadership, uh, if you run a company, run a sales team. If you're in leadership in any capacity, if you want to make sure you join us for next week. Special thanks to Jack Kozakowski. Go find him on LinkedIn. Follow him at Twitter at Jack JackKozakowski1. And uh, many thanks uh, to Justin Jackman, our engineer. It makes us feel a lot better or sound a lot better, rather, than we really are. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on the Business Locker Room, Biz Locker Radio on Voice America. Oh! Mm-hmm.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. For more compelling interviews and cutting-edge business content, make sure you join us here again next week. Biz Locker Radio airs every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. BizLocker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. All rights reserved. Opinions expressed by guests on the show may not be the opinions of Business Locker Room Incorporated.